Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2279 with the release date of Friday, July 2nd, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. There's news on 2x1 contest calls in Australia. It's camp season for youngsters in the Americas and radio helps reunite two longtime friends in India. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,279 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Our top story this week comes from Australia, where hams have been waiting for official word on their request to get 2 by one contest call signs. John Williams, VK2JJW, has an update. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has advised amateurs that it'll be approving the use of 2 by one call signs for contesting shortly. The ACMA said in its June 29th e-bulletin that it's working out how the call signs will be issued. The new call signs will be implemented by the Australian Maritime College. The 2 by one call signs are to be restricted to use specifically during local and international contests and may only be issued to advanced class licence holders. There were no further details on the timetable nor on the specifics of the implementation. Meanwhile, the AMC has advised amateurs that while a call sign application system is being finalised, no one is to apply for any 2 by one call signs, since none is available yet and the correct application system is not yet live. Any hams who have mistakenly applied for the 2 by one call signs will have their monies refunded. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. In another move, the AMCA has said it would make no planned changes to the way visiting amateurs operate in Australia under the Overseas Amateurs Visiting Australia Class License. This license allows short-term operation without having to obtain a formal apparatus license. The arrangements will remain as is for now, at least until further noticed. The AMCA is also proposing to outline how visiting amateurs will be expected to comply with electromagnetic energy standards. The popular small satellites known as CubeSats will soon have another venue into the sky. Stephen Kinford, N8WB, brings us that story. CubeSats, CubeSats, and more CubeSats. That's what is on the agenda for Launcher, a space startup that hopes to carry stacks of CubeSats skyward next year using a satellite platform known as Orbiter, which has a maximum carrying capacity of 330 pounds or 150 kilograms. According to an announcement made by the California-based company, Orbiter will be used first for rideshare missions and will be launched on a SpaceX rocket. The company said Orbiter has a contract with SpaceX to fly in October of 2022. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stefan Kinford, N8WB. Remember the excitement over that first day at camp? Well, it's about to happen for some young radio operators at the first camp of its kind in North, Central, and South America. As we hear from Dave Parks, WB8ODF. Camp is in session in just another week or so for young amateur radio operators. But this isn't just any camp. It's the first of its kind for young radio operators ages 15 to 25 in North, Central, and South America. The Youth on the Air Camp in the Americas will take place from Sunday, July 11th to Friday, July 16th at the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting near Cincinnati, Ohio. 
The highlights of the week include a scheduled contact with an astronaut aboard the International Space Station through the ARIS program and a week-long special event station W8Y, which will be operating on HFN satellite. Even if you're no longer a young radio operator or your QTH is outside the U.S., you can still be part of some of the camp's activities. The Youth on the Air YouTube channel will be streaming the Eris Contact live and will also carry the opening and closing ceremonies live. The keynote speaker for Sunday's opening ceremony is Tim Duffy, K3LR. The camp's director is Amateur Radio Newsline's own Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. The Eris Contact will take place either Wednesday, July 14th or Thursday, July 15th. For additional details, visit the website at youthontheair.org. We here at Newsline wish Neil and the campers all the best, great times, and great contacts. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. For other youngsters, camp started early and just ended. It was an adventure in radio and more, as we learn from Jack Parker, W8ISH. Camp is over for the dozen Ohio youngsters who spent a week exploring STEM, ham radio, satellite communications, and now they are left to dream some amateur radio dreams. The students were guests at the fourth annual STEM camp created by Josh Reichart, K8KJR, and David Richardson, K3KDR. The camp was held in partnership with the Mercer County Amateur Radio Club and DX Engineering, along with the Mainline Education Foundation and Valley Christian Schools, where Josh is a former assistant superintendent. This was not a camp where the kids roasted marshmallows over campfires. The daily fare consisted instead of shortwave listening, a shortwave scavenger hunt, homebrew antennas, and signals received from the International Space Station's repeater. The campers got to watch and listen as Tommy Gober, N5DUX, had a satellite QSO with Michigan YL Grace Pape, KE8RJU. She is a member of the Youth Amateurs Communications Ham Team, or YACHT. At the end of the week, instead of bringing home the customary arts and crafts projects or swimming trophies, the youngsters left with their homebrew Yagis, a pre-programmed HT that had the transmit function disabled, a single sideband shortwave receiver, and a copy of Ward Silver's book, Ham Radio for Dummies. Camp may have ended, but for some, the radio dreams are ongoing. Liam Roberts, KE8SDY, already had his ham license and call sign before he became a camper. He told organizers, quote, this is something I can do for the rest of my life. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. In yet another camping activity, kids in North Carolina were introduced to fox hunting, taking radio science in a whole new direction. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, brings us that story. Just beyond the soccer fields in a western North Carolina park, there were lessons to be learned by a group of youngsters ages 7 to 12. Equipped with direction-finding antennas and radio receivers, they were going on the hunt for a radio transmitter emitting intermittent chirps somewhere in Jackson Park. Members of the Blue Ridge Amateur Radio Club had hidden the transmitter on the edge of a wooded area, a location far enough away to make a point about the directional nature and navigational power of radio signals. The kids who were part of the county's exploration program were getting a taste of amateur radio direction funding or fox hunting led by club president Charles Webb, KN4KWA. Some of the kids monitored the radios while others aimed the antenna. It was a day of combining nature with the nature of radio. 
It took nearly an hour, but thanks to good radio reception, the successful kids were not outfoxed. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. The popular K3Y event held by the Straight Key Century Club is getting a Canadian version. Randy Sly, W4XJ, tells us more. When the Straight Key Century Club holds its annual K3Y event, it marks the founding in 2006 of the world's largest organization of Straight Key Morse Code CW operators and enthusiasts. Now the SKCC will have something else to celebrate. A Canadian version of the popular event is in the works. The VE9 SKCC event is being planned for this coming September and it will be an opportunity to chase the SKCC's more than 1,000 Canadian members. According to a posting on the organization website, hams from the Northwest Territories to Prince Edward Island can get in on the action. It's a good opportunity for everyone to try for the SKCC's Canadian Maple Award, in which a ham needs to work one member from any of the provinces and territories listed on the SKCC website. The award is available in varying levels, from yellow maple with 10 contacts to gold maple with 90 contacts when operating QRP. More details about the VE9 SKCC event will be available on the website in the weeks ahead. Visit skccgroup.com for updates. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K5DUR repeater in Dallas, Texas, on Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. A global community of experts will weigh in at the Space Symposium being hosted by AMSAT South Africa this month. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, has the details. An array of international speakers will be presenting lectures at the 2021 Space Symposium of AMSAT South Africa on the 10th of July. The event, which is called Unlocking Amateur Space Technology, is being held virtually on the Blue Jeans platform. Featured speakers will include Nathaniel Frizzle, W2NAF of Ham SCI, and Burns Fisher, WB1FJ of AMSAT North America, Hans Kutsi, ZS6BZP, and Anton Janowski, ZR6AIC, will bring attendees up to date on the AfriCube project's progress. The keynote address will be given by Val Monsamai, CEO of SANSA, the South African National Space Agency. Members of the South African Radio League and AMSAT South Africa can attend for free, as can qualified students. For more details on how to register, visit amsatsa.org.za. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Our occasional series, Nets of Note, looks at ways hams get together on the air formally, whether to rag chew, prepare for emergencies, or help one another with technical issues. This week, we visit with the Ladies Digital Roundtable, and Cell MB, KB3TZD, has that report. The YLs who check into the Ladies Digital Roundtable say they're grateful to have a safe spot they can get access to with a hotspot. The women, who are married to amateur radio operators, first began meeting in February of 2020 after realizing that many of the more technical nets populated by men were a bit intimidating, even to YLs who had their licenses for a long time. 
Lana, N7WST, conceived the net to encourage them to get on the air and to feel more comfortable. Each Monday evening at 0100 UTC, a dozen or more YLs meet in Southwest USA on Wires X Room 43197 or Yesu System Fusion Reflector 73102. YLs using DMR are able to operate cross-mode to enter. Lana told Newsline that instead of antennas and amps, the women talk about their lives, their childhoods, their families, and a number of less technical topics. She said, quote, We speak about a chosen weekly topic and whatever else is on our minds or going on in our lives, end quote. She said that all the while, the women are sharpening their operating skills, too. Most of the women are in the southwestern United States, but she said some regulars have been checking in from New York, Virginia, Indiana, and at least one DX member in the Philippines. Of course, there have been some off-the-air benefits as well. Many of the local members who live in Arizona have since gone on camping trips together near the Grand Canyon and stay in touch between nets through the Roundtable's Facebook page. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cell MB, KB3TZD. The FCC has denied a request to reconsider the $2.8 million fine levied against the seller of a drone TV transmitter model found to operate near amateur radio frequencies as well as within bands used for the nation's air traffic control system. The enforcement against Hobby King was initiated by a report to the agency from the ARRL in 2017 based on findings by the League's Electromagnetic Compatibility Committee. The ARRL told the agency Hobby King was selling a product that was, quote, blatantly illegal at multiple levels, end quote. According to the complaint, the transmitters were shown to operate near the 1.3 gigahertz amateur band and were capable of transmitting on frequencies used to ensure flight navigation and safety. According to the ARRO website, the FCC also found that a number of the device's power levels were excessive. The fine upholds the amount set in a June 2018 Notice of Apparent Liability. The agency noted that it found 65 models of the devices being sold without the mandatory certification from the FCC. According to the ARRL website, Hobby King has said it no longer markets those 65 models. An FCC statement said, quote, Hobby King has a continuing obligation to market only radio frequency equipment that is properly authorized. We therefore remind Hobby King that continuing to market non-compliant radio frequency devices could result in further significant forfeitures, end quote. In the world of DX, Alex, DD5ZZ, will be on the air as OA7 slash DD5ZZ from Peru between July 30th and September 17th. Be listening on HF between 40 and 10 meters, where he will be using single sideband and FT8, FT4, maybe some CW. He is considering participating in the WAE single sideband CW contest and the WW Digi DX contests later this summer, possibly using the OA7 slash 5P6G. Send QSLs to DD5ZZ by Cublogs OQRS or Logbook of the World. In Canada, listen for Bill, VE3ES, who is on the air as VE3Vaccine, that's VE3VACCINE, in Ontario, in the hopes that he can encourage people to get vaccinated against COVID 19. This special event station will be on the air until July 15th. Listen for him on 30, 20, 10, and 6 meters using single sideband and FT8, FT4. Send QSLs to VE3ES. 
Listen for Jerry, whose call signs include G3WIP and VK0GB, among others. He has just received the call sign ZD7GB for his activation from the main village of Jamestown on St. Helena Island. He is working there as a doctor through September 6th and will be on the air during his spare time, mostly on 40 through 10 meters, using single sideband and FT8, FT4. QSL details were not available at press time. Our final story for this week is about the enduring friendship of two men whose lives went in different directions more than 40 years ago. Their long search for one another ended recently, thanks to amateur radio. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us about them. It's well known that in some parts of India, missing family members are often reunited with their loved ones back home through the efforts of the West Bengal Radio Club. Recently, however, the club helped a man who wasn't really lost in quite the same way, but had gone missing from the life of a Kolkata physician who'd come to treasure his friendship more than four decades earlier. Both men became doctors and now are in their 80s. They'd been colleagues as young physicians at a health centre in Mathapahanga, a city in West Bengal. Dr B. Das had been searching for years for his colleague Nityon Ondapanda, who is from Odisha. He'd even visited Odisha a few times to look for him. With no success in sight and with a husband now in frail health, his wife approached the club and told Secretary Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, about the friendship. She said the last time her husband saw his friend was 1977. That year, Nityana had handed his responsibilities to him at the hospital before departing for Odisha. The club reached out to Dushmandur Kumar Das, VU2DKD, an amateur radio operator based in Odisha. With the help of an old photograph of Dr Panda, he was able to track him down. Ambarish Nagbiswas told the local Millennium Post that the two friends immediately got down to the business of catching up on more than 40 years of friendship. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. And that's what friends are for. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, AMSAT, A-R-I-S-S, the A-R-R-L, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, the Australian Maritime College, CQ Magazine, CNN, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Joss Reichardt, K-A-K-J-R, Millennium Post, Ohio Penn DX Newsletter, QRZ.com, the Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, space.com, Straight Key Century Club, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. For more information or to support us, visit our official website at arnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights reserved.